Okay. Um, this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group. And today is Friday, May 7th, uh, 2021. And tonight we're discussing a historical novel called um, Better Luck Next Time by Julia Claiborne Johnson. I'm going to give you a little bit of information about her. And then I made a list of the characters' names because <laughs> I forget if I haven't read it like five seconds earlier, I forget everybody's name. Um, but I did want to mention one thing um, just for everybody's information. So probably you already all know about this because I'm always like behind the times with everything. But I recently found out about the ACB community events and um, I've gone to a few of them and they have like every single day they have like, I don't know, eight or 10 events and they have something tomorrow night, which may possibly be of interest to people here. It looks like it's a special event. So I just thought I'd mention it in case anybody missed it or might be interested in it. It's called a flying blind produced by the anything is possible theater. And it's eight o'clock tomorrow night. And I'll read you what it says. It says, weaving together scenes, stories, and music, this audio performance describes the challenges, hilarity, and heartbreak faced by the blind, visually impaired community. Our blind, visually impaired, and sighted actors have created a piece that is both poignant and funny and brings to life the everyday challenges of being blind and visually impaired in a sighted world. Mm-hmm. So I, I like theater. I don't know about the rest mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. I love, well, that I love live theater. Right. Problem is, it conflicts. We have writer's retreat tomorrow night at the same time. Oh, okay. So now I, <laughs> I'm in a bit of a quandary. So, Which do I want to go to? Eeny, meeny, <laughs> um, So anyway, I... I um, I can give you, there's a telephone number and then there's a webinar ID. If anybody's interested, I can give you that information. Um, so I'll, I'll just say it. And um, if anybody wants to take it down. So the ACB number seems to be the same all the time. It's uh, 312-626-6799. And then the webinar number, which I guess you can just dial into the phone. Um, there is a Zoom link, but of course I lost it. I'll have to <laughs> try to find it. Um, it's 844-2284-8060. So anyway, I just thought I'd mention that to, for everybody. Um, so let me get back to the book. So Julia Claiborne Johnson um, ha- this is her second novel. Her first novel was called Be Frank With Me, which was a finalist for the American Booksellers Association's Best Debut Novel Award. She grew up, on- she grew up in a farm in Tennessee before moving to New York City. Um, she worked at Mademoiselle Magazine and Glamour Magazine. And now she lives in Los Angeles with her comedy writer husband and two children. And when I listen to some interviews with her, I'll just mention um, in connection with this book that the character of Ward seems to be a combination of her mother and her father, because her her father in real life actually did had had this job that Ward had on a dude ranch. But he never shared any of the stories with her. So, you know, she didn't really 
know what he what he exactly he did there. And Ward becomes a doctor, and in real life, her mother was a doctor. So it's she mentions it's kind of a combination of both of her her parents. Um, so I'll just go over the characters. Um, there's Ward, who was 24 years old. He worked at the Dude Ranch. Um, he's from Tennessee, and um, both of his parents had died after they lost their business. And he went to Yale, but I don't think he finished. And he became a doctor. He was telling the story later in life from when he was a doctor. Um, There's Margaret and Max, who were the owners of the Dude Ranch. And then there's Sam, who was the other male worker at the Dude Ranch. And he was a really good dancer. And Ward contacted him years later. And he found out, you know, what was going on with, with Emily and Nina. And then there's Emily who um, she came to Nevada to divorce her husband who was cheating on her. And she had a romance with Ward and she got pregnant and she decided to go back to, to her husband. Um, There's Portia, who is Emily's daughter. There's Nina, who was on her third marriage to you. And she was an aviator and she trained pilots in, in the war. And then there's um, uncle Daniel who was Ward's uncle who embezzled money from the business. Um, we, we never met him and we didn't meet Ward's parents, Big Howard and Miss Pam. Um, and then there was Archer who was Emily's husband. So, um, and the only other thing I'll, I'll just mention is there is a, there is a movie. I don't know if it's audio described. I saw it a very long time ago called the women, which is from the 1930s. And it's, it's, it's this kind of a story. Actually, it has like, pretty well-known actresses like Joan Crawford was in it and Rosalind Russell, a couple of other people like that. Um, and it was, it, you know, showed women who went to Nevada and to establish residency in order to get a divorce, uh, you know, from, from their husbands, sort of a quickie divorce. Um, so we'll, we'll do as we usually do. And we'll, we'll go through the list of people and see what everybody uh, thought of the book. Um, so let's see. Um, why, why don't we start with you, Joni? What, what did you think? I did not like this book. I didn't like the, I thought the characters were awful. Maybe uh, it was, I just didn't like any of the people. They just were so um, spoiled. The women were so mm-hmm spoiled and expected everything done for them and and oh I just uh I mean Emily and Nina and and Portia I, I just I and I really didn't like the book that much. I just uh And I think that I read this book maybe when it first came on Bard. It was very familiar to me. That's a problem that I have, um, that I start a book and I say to myself, self, I read this before, and but I did want to finish it, and I did, but oh, I, I didn't like it. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you didn't like it. Um, it is a pretty new book, so it's possible that there's another book on board that's similar, but this book came out not so long ago. 
Um, and it only came on board like a month ago. Mm -hmm. So oh. it might, might be something else, but you know, we've already, <laughs> yeah. they all sort of blend together. Deja um, vu when it wasn't deja vu. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Um, LaDon, what, what did you think of the book? Well, I'm going to have complete, ob I can't think say the word, opposite, opposite, opposite opinion of her. I really thoroughly enjoyed the book. I think it's very refreshing to read a book that isn't full of murders and rapes and all that. And um, I, on the other hand, I liked all of the, all of the characters. I, I particularly like um, the lady with the airplane, you know, she comes in, she's a, she's a flying, she's a dressed like a man, spec, uh, thinks she's a man when you see her and she's all that. So I really liked her. I, wanted to say something about the narrator. To me, I thought he did an excellent job. I don't know how old the narrator is, but the character in the book is supposed to be an old man in a nursing home. And to my ears, he sounded just exactly like an old man in a nursing home, <laughs> you know. And uh, so I thought he did it a just really excellent job in portraying Ward. I did like I did like Ward and uh, uh, let's see the the lady he got you 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 said uh, it Emily and Emily yeah Emily she she was nice and she walked out on Ward and she was trying thinking she was doing it for him. I'm not too sure he felt that way because he carried a, a torch for her, as you might say, a place in his heart throughout his whole life and never was married. And I kind of felt sorry for him that he never got married. I know everybody doesn't have to, but I've been married forever and I can't imagine not being. So I thought, well, too bad. You know, he never, never did get married. But I really enjoyed. Oh, I wanted to ask people a question that you can answer later. Now, that narrator, to my ears, sounded like an old man in a nursing home. And I'm an old man. I could be in a nursing home if it wasn't for my wife. And I want to know if I sound <laughs> like that. <laughs> you, sound, you sound very vibrant, actually. I, I would not think you were an old man in a nursing home. I would think you were just a regular, you know, any age kind of person, just when going about 23, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought the narrator was excellent. He was just wonderful listening to him. I had the best time listening to him. Um, okay, um, Deanna, what, what did you think of the story? Um, I've, I read it and there were times when I smiled, but by the end, I just felt sad because it seemed as if, um, you know, his life had been fulfilling in that he enjoyed being a doctor and he felt connected to the people that he served. But he really was all alone at the end until um, they came and found him. And by then, you know, he didn't have the, the joy of 
watching his son grow and become who he was going to be and all of those things that that he could have had if she'd been braver. I think the, she wasn't so much protecting him as she was trying to protect her daughter. And also maybe a little bit, um, she she just became resigned to the fact that her husband was not going to be faithful, but that she was, you know, but the money was hers. So it wasn't as if she were trapped in the marriage because if she left, you know, with this baby, I think she was a little embarrassed that she was older than he was. And um, I think that influenced her decision to walk away from him because it, it would have, um, she would have had raised eyebrows from people she knew and she wasn't willing to, to, um, she just wasn't brave enough. And um, as a result, you know, he spent the majority of his life not even knowing his child or grandchildren, etc. Thank you. Um, okay, um, Don, what, what did you think of the story? Well, I didn't really like it. I kept, like, didn't, I read it and fell asleep through parts of it. And uh, uh, so, so I can't say I, I started rereading it this morning again and didn't finish it. So I, I guess I just didn't like it too much. Okay. Well, who, who's your friend with you who's barking? Is, do, you have, do you have a dog with you? No, is that my machine? I thought that the earphones oh. would cut. <laughs> I just sneezed. I didn't think it sounded like a bark. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's not me anyway. Good. Yeah. No, okay. That's fine. Um, okay. Um, Abby, what, what did you think of this story? Well, um, I I like I like the book, but I do agree with Joni that these women, uh, especially Nina and Emily, Emily, were very, you know, very selfish. You know, taking him and having a word takes him to the lake and he goes and gets some sandwiches and they don't, and they eat all the sandwiches and, you know, he doesn't have one. And, you know, getting him and Nina forgetting to, or saying, claiming that she forgot to tell Margaret that she was, that Ward was going with them and nearly getting a crossing Ward to lose their job. I thought that was very irresponsible. And I also thought that Emma leaving her husband, especially her 14 year old daughter in the first place, I thought that was also irresponsible. Of course, I'm speaking sort of from personal experience because my ex sister-in-law did the same thing to my brother when his kids were young. And so I, I just think that that's, that's irresponsible, but I love the book. Um, the narrator, I agree, did an excellent job. I love the way that she, that the author, Julia Claiborne Johnson tells the story from words, words person point of view. And the, and it's like you're, he's, you're visiting him. And at first I thought, well, maybe he's on his front porch. And then it, you know, eventually I figured out, oh, he's in a, some sort of a senior facility. Oh, he's in a nursing home. And I really love the ending where we realize that he's actually talking to somebody who's there. Um, you know, he's not just talking to anybody who will listen. He's talking to some, actually this, this person who has come to find him, who's um, his granddaughter. So I, I that ending, I, I just love the ending. I think that was probably the best part of the book. So, and I do think Emma was right to go back to her husband. I think, you know, Portia, you know, that was part of the reason why Portia was acting out and doing things she couldn't, because, you know, it's instability. 
And, you know, I know cheating is not, is, 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 you know, not good either, but, you know, I, I always believe that, you know, children, they don't deserve to be born, but they do deserve a stable family environment. And I always feel that parents need to hold together for them when they, when there are problems. So, okay, that's all I have to say. Great book. Thank you. Okay, good. Um, all right. Um, Alan, what, what did you think of the story? Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it pretty good. Uh, the My big, biggest disappointment w- with the book was I didn't really want them to have to kill that horse. I don't really think that was necessary. I, I'll be honest right. with you. I would I would have rather Portia die than that horse. Oh. Uh, that is, uh, uh, I, I didn't I didn't care much for Portia, but that I can't remember the I horse's agree. name. She was disgusting. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the horse's name. Somebody D- remind Dumpling. me. Dumpling. They called him Dumpling. 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 Yeah, yeah. Dumpling. Light, I think lightning. I wanted was to slap name, her but, so hard. Yeah, 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 Maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but isn't that okay. what they usually do if a horse breaks his leg? Yeah, but she had no really business running with? off with him. Yeah, well, no, yeah, yeah, right. She needed a That's slap. true. You're right. Yeah, she, she was just. Yeah, she could have used a spank. I don't know. Absolutely. That, that, so, that, could, absolutely. so could her mother. That broke yeah. my heart in that scene at the end That's when they showed a, up. Yeah. yeah. They, they showed up to, 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 to rescue Portia, and then that uh, dumpling tried to get, uh, was looking for sugar in Nina's pocket. So I thought, man, oh, it's so that sad. Was, yeah. But, that uh, was so sad. Uh, yeah. And he, he was such a sweetheart. Oh, but, uh, uh, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I got a little. I mean, he he was a not he uh, a ward. Uh, the the narration was great, and he, and he did sound kind of like a like an old man. I have to admit, but uh, uh, Ward had his issues and stuff too. I, I don't know. You know, he he seemed likable enough while the story was going on, but he just uh, something about him just. I, I, I didn't like it at, at, at the end and stuff. I, I don't know what it was. He just, uh, he, he had a hard time with commitment stuff too. It seemed like uh, during his life, but yeah, uh, I, I guess he'd been through a lot, but, uh, uh, and, 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 and I personally considered how many times he was with uh, Emily during the, uh, d- during their time at the dude ranch. I, I'm surprised he didn't, he didn't figure out that that might have been his kid when he got the little boy answered the phone that time. Hey, what do you say? Uh, uh, but uh, anyway, I, I thought it was it, it was a good read and, and and I enjoyed it. So so thanks. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you make a good point actually about Ward. I thought he had more emotional issues, commitment issues than mm-hmm. it, it seemed odd to me that he was you know, alone for, for his whole life. There, there had to been a reason for that. Um, yeah. Ward had issues, but don't we all? Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, we all? I just, I just felt that she treated him kind of like dumpling. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. used um, him as, as comfort yeah. when she yeah. was feeling upset and, and alone and mm-hmm. then just walked away and, and, you know, Oh, well, yeah. It doesn't Sam matter. warned him. Sam warned him. Don't fool with these women. Um, you like cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, okay. So, Marcia, what 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 did you think of this story? Uh, I liked the book. I really did. Uh, I thought uh, I thought Emily and uh, Nina, although they were spoiled and everything, especially Nina. Ugh. Uh, but she she had spirit. She had she had gumption. She was the aviator, and she uh, uh, I think she was way ahead of her time. Um, 
So I, I liked her. I, uh, I liked uh, Emily. Uh, Ward did have his, his issues, but hey, you know, he was, he, I think he carried a torch for Emily till the end and maybe he just didn't right, meet the, the right person to uh, fall in love with or, or whatever. So I don't fault him for that. Um, the one woman who kind of uh, made the, the, like, especially scenes in the dining room and so on. I forget her name. I, I want to say Bessie or Betsy, but I could be. Zeppelin. Totally... Yeah. yeah. Well, her. Oh, yeah. She Zep, was great. Yeah. Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Yeah. Uh, but the one I I'm thinking her. of was the young, the, the younger girl who oh, the, uh, kept, kept talking about, about Paris. Well, yeah, Paris. Paris. Mary, Lu- Marie yeah. Louise or Mary Louise. Yeah. Louise. Yeah. 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 She was, I liked her. Yeah. She was yeah. a bit of a ditz, but, but she, yeah. she brought she some. She was funny. Some, yeah, yeah. She was, uh, she was funny. And one of my favorite scenes is was when they were at the masquerade ball, and Ward had to rescue Emily and Nina because they they got trashed before they got there, <laughs> drinking the yeah. schnapps, and he had to get them out. And that poor that poor head that uh, uh, kept toward the uh, oh, what was that head? Yeah, and it just kept showing up in all the weirdest places and everything. That was bizarre. <laughs> It was, <laughs> but I. Hello. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, we're here. Oh, I can't hear this weird thing. Says I didn't catch that. I don't know what that was all about. But anyway, I really did enjoy the book, and uh, uh, maybe I'll check out her first novel. Okay, great. Um, um, David, what what did you think of the story? Uh, several of you have have summed up some of my stuff. I agree in a bit a bit with Joni. Some of those women really were annoying. And they were interesting because the characters were well-drawn, but I would not have wanted to fool. Emily was too needy. Nina would use you. Nina yeah. was all about Nina. And she had enough money, apparently, that she could be all about Nina. What I never understood, if you remember in the first scene with Nina, she's flying in on a plane and he's describing, she throws the passenger out of the plane, but we never know who the passenger was in that plane with her. It sounded I like- that too. I Thank thought you. I, I thought something. I was crazy. Yeah, yeah me too. no. It's like who yeah. was the passenger? She, the author, oh, yeah. begets. It does. I guess it doesn't matter, or she doesn't care. Well, I thought maybe the passenger was like her backpack, or maybe it looked like the person from maybe. a distance. But maybe it was her backpack, or or her bag, or duffel bag, or whatever. It, it maybe. I was. I was baffled. I thought Ward. Um, you know, in some ways, I thought. Nina was emotionally needy and used him, but then in a way I also thought, he, you know, he had gone to Yale for a year, so he'd been out in the world. I thought maybe he knew better, you know, he, he should have well, known that's, better. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Um, yeah, I love, there's one scene where, was, what's her name, Mary Louise or Marie Louise? No, I can't remember. Mary, Louise. Mary, Mary Louise. Louise. I'm thinking Mary about Louise. European royalty here with yeah. Marie Louise, Napoleon's second wife. Anyway, there's a scene where they're talking about Milton, and she goes, oh, and she's thinking it's Milton Bradley, and they play along with her. That was breathtakingly funny that saved this yeah. book from its own importance. Um, she she evokes time and place really well. I hadn't realized Reno. I knew it was the uh, place for divorces. I didn't realize all these women would go to the dude ranch and it would be like a vacation. And, you know, people would go on horseback rides and maybe they would have an affair with the people who worked there, though they weren't supposed to. But maybe they would. And that it was, you know, richly evocative of, of time and place. I liked 
the cultural references, things like the mention of Myrna Loy, or um, there's a scene where he says he danced with her during World War II at one of the um, USO places where the actresses would go to meet the servicemen and talk to them and things. I thought some of that was interesting. The book did have a wistful quality, I guess, because he's looking back on everything. And as you said, the narration was really well done. And I agree, it really was. And the book was about the right length. Um, You know, it was long enough to be interesting, but not so long that you got aggravated with some of these people. And so I, I all in all, I did like it. I hope she writes again. Thank you. Um, And and Liz, welcome. And why don't you tell us what what you thought of the book? Hi, everyone. Um, I haven't finished reading it yet, but I was telling Michelle the other day, it's exactly the kind of book I needed to read right now because I just finished reading um, The Indifferent Stars Above. (laughs) It's about the Donner Party Pass. So I needed something kind of lighthearted and fun. And I actually remember when, like in the 60s, I remember people talking about you know, it was it was the thing to do is to go out and establish, you know, get your get your quick Nevada divorce. You know, <laughs> so um, it was, well, Liz, it was, it's a good thing you came late because I early I was talking earlier. I mentioned the ending, and I would have hated to give you that spoiler. <laughs> oh no, that's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind spoiler alerts. Oh, did, did you? Like oh, okay. Them. Yeah, I don't mind. Oh, okay. I like them, okay. actually. Well, some people do and some people don't. So, yeah. Okay. And they get mad. Yeah, I'm with the book. I like Ward. Um, again, some of these women are just like, oh, really? <laughs> 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 but it's fun. It's fun. It's a fun read. Thanks. Okay. Um, well, I, I used to watch a lot of movies, and I really used to love the movies from the 30s and 40s, which were screwball comedies. And this kind of reminded me very much of those kind of movies. Um, And a lot of the movies, which is interesting, in the 1930s featured very wealthy people because you would think, well, it's depression time that people would not want to see the lives of wealthy people on the screen but they did. <laughs> a lot of the really well-known movies, you know, during that time featured, um, you know, very wealthy people. So this, this reminds me a lot of, of those, those type of, of movies where you took a whole bunch of wealthy people and put them in a, in a location together and sort of see how they would all mix together. Um, and I guess, you know, I, I thought, I don't know. I, I I didn't quite buy into the romance between Ward and Emily. I just thought, you know, he's he's in one like they didn't really know each other. Like he like she didn't realize that he was as educated as he was. She just thought he was, you know, some guy from the neighborhood who who worked there. They just, you know, they obviously were attracted to each other. And and a lot of times it was the place and the circumstance. And, and I'm sure she was unhappy and, you know, wanting some company or comfort, like someone else had said earlier. So I guess I was a little surprised that he, he felt as strongly about her as he seemed to in the story. I just didn't get it, you know, what it was based on um, because I thought it, it reminded me a little bit of, I don't know, if you go on vacation and you meet somebody and you have a little romance with them and then you go back to your, your lives. And that's what it sort of reminded me of a lot here. And these were wealthy women that were a little bit entitled and, and he was young and, and apparently he was the one who looked like Cary Grant and the other one looked like Gary Cooper. So, you know, they were both 
very, very attractive men and probably very appealing to these women. Hmm. Um, but I like the, um, I like the way the story was told. I like the fact, the way it was told sort of as a flashback and what happened earlier in his life. Um, and I like the fact even that he found out what happened to them later, because a lot of times you may think about things that happened earlier in your life and you don't always know what happened, but here he, he did know what happened. He did find, find out what happened to the various characters. So I kind of like that as well. And to me, this, I mean, I, I pick the book, so, you know, I have only myself to blame, um, but I, I liked it. Um, but I don't think it's the kind of book that I'm going to remember like a year from now. Like I may say to myself, what was that book about? And, you know, it has something to do with women in Nevada or whatever. But I, if you asked me the names of the characters, I probably wouldn't remember them. So um, I don't know if anybody had any, any other thoughts about the book that they wanted to share. You know, like, uh, movie you see on TV, you know, you're not going to read, remember that next, next week, because uh, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, Profound. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, well, wasn't meant to be literature, as so far as you know what I mean. But uh, Emily was pretty bold, wasn't she? she? I mean, she climbed up there, tap on his window at night. Oh, the, yeah. He was the one yeah. that, you know, and it wasn't him, it was her. Yeah, well, I, that's that's I, where the entitlement came in. That's why I said that she sort of treated him like her daughter treated that poor horse. Yeah, yeah, uh, convenience. Yeah. And, I, and his I, her daughter was a uh, Portia was a brat. I thought she really I've never was. known people that are filthy rich. These women were all filthy rich. I have an idea that most filthy rich people pretty much think that things should be done their way. I don't think they're. So many thoughtful people that are really rich like that, they expect well, we have enough people in our and 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 my uh, category is you know, mm -mm. and Ward was Ward was just one of us. Hey, I, I would just say, in response to that, I, I do know some people that are pretty wealthy, and I think a lot of it depends on the parents, to be honest. So if you're raised in a house that has a lot of stability, and your parents expect you, you know, to, to be nice to people and polite to people. Um, it's no different than any other family. It, it really isn't. Like some people are not really raised that way. They're sort of left on their own a lot. And, um, and, but, but the people that I know who have a lot, a lot of money and have raised their children, right. The children are really lovely. Like, you know, they're, they're really nice, very thoughtful people. So, you know, to me, this was a story of, you know, obviously these are women who have the money to go to Nevada and stay there for six weeks and, you know, stay in a hotel and wait to get divorced. And, and so, you know, they may be used to like, I don't know, you know, calling up for room service or, or something like that, that kind of thing. But, you know, in real life, I, I think people of all different economic stratas. I, I think a lot of it really depends on how you were raised oh, yeah. and what values are instilled in you. Well, I didn't think Emily was instilling very good values in her daughter <laughs> because she wasn't really, if she was that worried about her daughter, um, you know, she would have spent more time with her instead of chasing the cowboy. Mm. Well, right, but, but exactly. remember now, she, her daughter didn't want to have anything to do with her. So, well, she could have still tried, though. She should have tried. Yeah, she, she, she could just have tried ignored her. More. She just ignored her. Yeah. 
tried harder. But, but to she said, you know, she hates me. Well, so what am I what am I supposed to do? And then, you know, the daughter overheard that and she knew that, but she was just too much of a chicken to, you know, talk to her and, and try to, you know, try to work it out. Or deal a little honestly with the girl. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, um, absolutely. I, yes. I I noticed that Alan didn't like the part about the horse because it's an animal. But uh, Alan, I bet you did like the part about the kittens. Oh, those were nice. Yeah, yeah, I like the kittens. I like the oh, kittens. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. That was neat. Yeah. Any, cat, any cat needs to have her, her litter on the, the back of a, a, a cashmere seated car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that car sounded lovely. That people who have marriages like Emily and Archer where the husband is out doing whatever he wants to do. Do you think that they stay together these days? Or do you think that? that I don't was, think so. I would doubt women today. They're, yeah. they're gone. Um, you know, they wouldn't tolerate it. And they would probably punish him. And they would probably make the children bitter about their father. I think that was the one good thing that I thought Emily did was that she wasn't willing to, to um, get, Portia involved by turning her against her father. So not that I take that that Archer thought that Stephen was his son, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I I thought so, but I just thought I better better have that clarified a little bit. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would think so. Um, that's why you know it it took them a long time to get to the point where she told Stephen the truth yeah i mean it, it took place in a, many many years ago and I, I i mean i could see circumstances where Stephen may ne have never actually known the truth so, no until he until yeah. his his daughter or whatever the, the granddaughter uh, did ancestry.com and found out she was really yes. into somebody yeah. else yeah. exactly that's exactly how they probably find out you're right actually that's that's true that is true yeah, a lot of oh, people. Uh, a lot of people are finding out that um, they don't fit in their family where they thought they fit in their family. Yeah, big dark secrets are yeah. being they revealed. They worry you though when you go if you want and if you do that testing, this may be the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. has anybody done that testing in this group? Has anybody? I, I did, but I didn't find any deep dark secrets. No. <laughs> <laughs> I never did it, but I, no, I never did it either. Yeah. One of my my grandmother um, was left on a doorstep as an infant, so it would be intriguing if I could oh, find yeah. out that element of the family. You know, who abandoned that baby and why? <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. I always thought I should have married uh, somebody named Emily back when uh, women took the husband's last name. Emily Limley just has a nice ring to it. <laughs> it does. Yeah. But yeah, you remember you remember that exercise guy, Jack Lalane? Y'all remember him back then? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 His yeah. wife's name, his wife's name was Elaine. Elaine Lalane. They they were two stars on our local channel, TV channel, yeah. I remember. Yeah, so. she, she was on some program or other before well, they she, got married yeah. i remember huh interesting yeah. well sorry i had to work that in so no that's <laughs> yeah. cool. i didn't know he was national <laughs> oh yeah. yeah oh he was 
He lived to a pretty ripe old age. Yeah, he did. All that exercise must have worked for him. Did better than than, um, that Yule, what's his name, that was always trying to sell great nuts. Yule Brenner. No, no, you'll no, Sorry, you Gibbons. Yeah, you'll yeah. Gibbons. He wrote all those books about the wild asparagus and the wild. Yeah. And and he died fairly young. So I thought, yeah. well, okay. those grape nuts didn't do him much good. Remember, everything, you know, has do not eat this. And there was one particular thing we were we were hanging around and somebody had a lighter and it was one of those plastic disposables and it said, do not eat this lighter. And somebody said, they must have been thinking about you, Will Gibbons. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, geez. It's like there are people that'll eat anything. Well, yeah, Tide Pods and all kinds of stupid I stuff. Know. It's oh kind of like the keto diet that's very popular now. That, I don't know. Oh, it, no. way back in, in the day, uh, I was watching Johnny Carson one night. And I don't know why I remember this, but it was back around the time of Watergate. And they were talking about the, the missing Watergate tapes. And, uh, du- and during uh, Carson's monologue, he said something <laughs> like, well, I know what happened to the water." tapes, Hugh Givens ate them. (laughs) (laughs) Spaghetti. (laughs) Yeah. They have a really interesting program now on CNN that I've been watching, which is called The Story of Late Night Television. I don't know if anybody's seen it. And Mm -hmm. I I don't I didn't really see the shows before Johnny Carson. And I didn't realize the whole history with um oh now Steve Allen and um, Jack Parr and everything. They did the shows really differently than Johnny Carson. I, I didn't know any about that, that stuff, actually. It was good. That's actually- something good. I'm going to have to look that up, actually. Because yeah. I'm currently on Decades. There's a Decades network. I'm currently watching the old Dick Cavett shows. I loved Dick Cavett. Uh, Dick Cavett was so intellectual. We, we don't have yes. anything like that now. Um, no, we don't. Nothing. But I remember watching Steve Allen and Jack Parr, all those guys. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. And yep. Dave Garraway, I believe it's Dave Garraway, had the first uh, morning show, uh, uh, which is now show. like the Today Show. Or well, it was a Today New York. Show. Huh? He started, he, he, I think he wasn't he the first host of the Today Show? Yeah, that's right. And they would, uh, I remember they would show people in New York. It seemed like a lot colder there then than it is now. <laughs> the ice should be all over the thing and everything. And he had a symbol who like victory sign to hold up at the end of the show he'd say peace. Well I think they were saying that Steve Allen, like he didn't have really a script. He just ad libbed the whole show for well, 90 he was, minutes. He was, was well he was a brilliant man. man. He, he yeah, was he a must musician. Have been he was. Oh, he was. I I always admired Steve Allen. I did too. He wrote a lot of books. Yep. Yeah, wrote some music wrote too. Music. I like his I like his song uh, 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 "Gravy Waltz." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably never heard of that. I tried to get uh, Alexa to play it, and she don't even know it. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. And then Jack Parr apparently like just walked off the set one day. He was doing yeah, a show. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Walk, walk off. 
In yeah. fact, recently, um, yeah, they showed a, a Dick Cavett interviewing Jack Parr and they talk about him walking off the set. Yeah, it's so different than like, because now I think of the shows, I, they were saying that Jack Parr was the one who actually came up with the idea of the monologue and, you know, all the things that they have now with late night television shows, um, the whole, the way that they do it, I think having a band and that, so. <laughs> Talk about, that, talk that, about that. those old shows. Um, uh, remember Arthur Gottry? He had a show on uh, all the time, uh, I, I think almost every night. And then he had a radio show. And the the TV show was a talent talent. And if you won the talent show, he got to go on the radio then for a week. And they got a contract to do that. And a guy one named Julius LaRosa one one time. Oh, yeah, he fires him though. He fired that, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one time during the he fired show, the girl, his girlfriend too. Though. Yeah, Sorry. during the show, uh, one of his radio shows during the last, uh, he had LaRosa sing the song because uh, he that's what he was to do every every day. And after, at the end of the song, he said, "Julius, you don't know, but they just had your swan song." Yeah. Yeah, oh, hired him right, right then and there on in front of everybody. Uh -huh. I think yeah. maybe it was somebody else that did, but they had a that big dust up because uh, all the girls were coming to hear him sing, and the oh yes, his friend, his girlfriend, it was good, liked him, was a singer too, and of course that ruined everything. But he had to make a big thing about it <laughs> on the program. Yeah, huh? Actually, La Rosa went along and had a pretty good. Uh, uh, time after that but started losing popularity after that he he lost you know uh, i used to watch it on tv and they the head archie was it archie blyer the, the band leader yeah yeah i think so he he, he was sat there in his big scowl on his face and they had him full thing in the camera all the uh, time no, you'd look at there, and there would be him scowling away, <laughs> bored oh. to death. You know. <laughs> well, Archie Blyer founded um, a record company called Cadman Records, and um, he had the Cordettes, who were on Godfrey working for him, and mm -hmm. he married one of them. And uh, Archie Blyer was a fantastic musician, and I remember all this stuff because I used to listen to Arthur Godfrey um, in the mornings. Uh, my mom used to listen to him, and at some point I did too. And he was a guy that you either he was a guy that you loved to hate. He was very, very powerful. He really ran the CBS radio and television mm -hmm. network, anything he wanted, he demanded, he got because he was fantastic at selling everything. The way he would, he would look at his script for the commercial and say, you don't want to hear this script. I'm just going to tell you how I really feel about this product. And he'd say, I drink Lipton tea, and I love it because it's brisk. And he would talk about the, uh, how 
uh, how wonderful the Lipton soup was and how the in other soups the chicken would just walk through the soup but, and that was the soup but with Lipton's um, there was real chicken in it and how delicious everything was and he got people to buy stuff and that's why they they might not have been very happy with him, but he was the best salesman on the radio. And I remember listening to him um, when I was very, very little. Um, I would wake up early in the morning, maybe maybe five, six o'clock, and before school, and uh, I would put my radio on and I would listen to him. And yeah. uh, but I, I made I, a recording of his last radio show uh, on a cassette tape, and I saved it for years and years and years, but somewhere along the line it disappeared. April 30th, I think, 1972. Yeah, that sounds right. Wow, that's pretty impressive that you know the date. <laughs> I say. Well, April 30th was my son's birthday, so. Oh, okay. Uh, well, well, thank you, everybody, for coming. And um, I'll mention the book for next time. Um, the next time we're meeting is June 2nd, which is Friday. Um, the name of the book is called My Dark Vanessa. And the author is Kate Elizabeth Russell. And, of course, I forgot to look up the DB number. But I will send out the um, newsletter. I think it's in the, I think it was. the announcement. Yeah, uh, it was. Let's see. I've got. I can get to it. I got it here. I might have it. I know. I'll send that. I'll send out your newswire tomorrow, Michelle. Okay. Hang on, I've got it in that. I already downloaded it. I haven't. I haven't downloaded it yet, but I I was planning on it tonight. I haven't. What's the name of it? Vanessa. My dark. My dark Vanessa. Vanessa. So Sherry actually read this book and she's been talking to me about it and it sounds really good. Um, so okay. I'm sure to read it. And, I'll have to um, read the whole book. Here it is. Um, I'm wondering if you have the date right because I, uh, June I think 4th you said the is the first announcement. June 4th. Right. Not June, yeah. 2nd. June 4th. Okay. June 4th. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. June 4th. The yeah. book number yeah, is, uh, is DB. June the 1st. Yeah. yeah. The book number is DB99442. Okay, thank you. I knew it was not yeah. <laughs> because we have the journey through history on June the first, which is yeah, yeah. Tuesday. It is June fourth. So thank you, everybody. Uh, Alan, thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Oh, Joni, did you want to mention Banquet of Books and and right? You're meeting this Sunday, Joni. Yes, we are. We're meeting on Sunday, which is Mother's Day. And uh, May 9th at 5 Eastern um, to Pacific and uh, um, in Banquet, we just, we talk about books that we've read, that we've, whether we've liked them or not liked them. Uh, I have two books that I'm going to talk about that are both fantastic. In fact, one of them, I wish one of the book clubs would would have it as a uh, choice because I thought it was just 
unbelievably marvelous. So if you want to know what those books are, come in on Sunday. And, you know, we welcome you into Banquet. We just love having people come in. Uh, so I, did, I, did I miss anything? No, no, you're keeping us all in suspense because I'll be eager to hear what the what those books are. And Alan, did you want to mention World of Books, your book? Yeah, yeah, we meet on May 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're uh, discussing The Return by Nicholas Sparks. I just finished it today, Alan. It's it's good. Uh, I finished it last night myself. Well, good. I hope hope it's good. I hadn't read it yet. Well, whenever I hear the title, I downloaded it. I hear the title. The guy talks really slow. Oh, but he doesn't read it that way. He was the NLS person. And as he was talking about, oh, please, God, tell me he's not narrating this book. Yeah, that's what my reaction was. Oh. You know what? I, I was going to mention that. Where are they getting these people that are reading the introductions to these books? And now most mm. of them are being read from Hachette Audio or whatever. But where uh, where on earth are they finding these people to read the introductions? Because they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. They're the author. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's the author. Yeah. Well, not. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, people mm. who are reading the, the Bard uh, uh, annotations and so annotations on. Stuff. Yeah, well, I think it's just some scam person. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not very good. That's they are not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Everybody's got to yeah. make a living, though. So. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, but anyway, Jack, thanks, Michelle. It was a good, good discussion. Oh, it was. Thank I'm you. I'm glad I read the book. So, yeah. Okay. Well, well, we'll see each other in all the other groups. So thank yep. you all for coming. All right. I appreciate all right. it. Good night, good night everyone. Good, all right. good, night. good night, everybody. Uh, that's